In today's solo episode, I'll talk about reducing stress as a content creator. I was asked an incredible question in an interview today with Taylan Simmons, and actually I'll play it for you quickly because it sounds a lot better coming from him. Well, I would ask you like, what, what are like the healthiest ways that you find to cope with stress? But that's maybe because that's my current problem and I'm so like problem focused. I'm like, what is, uh, what is one way to me- like drastically reduce my mental weight? It's always funny to me when I get a question about reducing stress or being calm or let's be honest, having our shit together. Because for me, I feel stress often. Heck, I'm feeling a little bit anxious recording this right now. A lot of times I struggled with anxiety, suicidal ideation, and every so often depression when things got really bad. I've been really lucky to not have a lot of that in the last 15 years. Definitely the precursors to anxiety start to creep in, but they fade away before it becomes full-blown panic. But the point that I want to make, the real punchline of all of this, is that that suffering is what connects us as human beings. So it's normal. And that may be the only punchline that you need. I'll elaborate because there are some things that I've learned about getting into content creation, trying to prevent and avoid burnout that I think can really be helpful when we break it down a little bit. But I just want you to remember that punchline, that the struggle to figure all of this out is what connects us as human beings. Now, most, if not all people who become creators are going to feel stress at some point. And there are seven main things that bring that stress on. Balancing projects, comparing ourselves to others, over-identifying with our work, meeting tight, unrealistic deadlines, measuring things that are beyond our control, dealing with negative feedback, criticism, aka haters, or competing to build ourselves up instead of living in abundance. The good news is that I've personally made steady progress in this area, and I know you can too. The research and the expertise is behind us. It is possible to live a lower stress life in the creator economy. If we are able to focus on self-compassion, we can set the goals that we want to set. We can focus on generosity instead of what's in it for me. And we want to hang out with friends or family, maybe play video games, even if we're not a gamer, just that chill time. We're able to do so without worrying about our work. Unfortunately, we often struggle to achieve this mindset because we're worried about the past, we're focused on the vision of our future or any results that are beyond our control instead of just living in the moment. And it all comes down to the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion. Self-esteem comes from seeing ourselves as above others and it's contingent on things that are beyond our control. We have a natural tendency in our culture to tear other people down in order to build ourselves up. We measure the score with other people, we fight, we bully, and we compete. And this is an unhealthy obsession that never ends because it's relative in an unhealthy way. Think about this. A champion bodybuilder might look at someone else in the gym and be jealous of the shoulders or arms that they have. A supermodel may think that someone else is prettier than her, and a multi-millionaire real estate mogul 
might look at the e-commerce king and be jealous that he can't get his business to a billion dollars. The examples are endless, but I know you get the point. So what can we do about it? In her work on this exact topic, Kristen Neff shares the three things that we can do to focus on self-compassion instead of self-esteem. One, we can practice mindfulness. Being aware of your own feelings and thoughts without judging them allows you to approach situations more calmly and less reactive. Two, we can recognize our common humanity. Basically, what I was saying earlier is that this is what connects us. We shouldn't feel isolated in this battle. Suffering, grief, pain, struggle, and the need for these things is part of the human experience. And then the third thing is being kind to yourself. Treat yourself as you would a close friend or an athlete you're coaching. Instead of criticism, engage in kindness, encouragement, and forgiveness. This creates a space for social emotional safety, which counteracts the negative thoughts that we talked about earlier. Warren Buffett was quoted as saying that anything we are serious about being successful in life should fall into one of the five things that we spend almost all of our time doing. I think that's great advice, but assuming we take care of ourselves, our family, our friends, we're only really left with two other spaces that can be priorities. Picture yourself juggling these balls for everything you do in life, the glass ones being the important ones of self-care, family, friends, and the bouncy ones being all of the tasks, projects, responsibilities, and expectations that you're juggling. The more balls that we have in the air at any given time, the higher the risk of overwhelm, dropping some of them, and that, whether we notice it or not, leads to a lot of stress. The reason I say whether we notice it or not is that a lot of times the body is what will tell the score first, and we don't get to see that on a day-to-day -day basis. We took a family trip last summer, hopped in the van, went down to a cottage on Lake Michigan, sitting by the beach. The book that I read throughout that week was Essentialism by Greg McCune, and in that book, he gives us a blueprint for figuring out what are our priorities in life and how do we make sure that those are what we focus on each day. And there are three main things that he talks about to not spread ourselves too thin. He says that we should discern the essential from the non-essential. Not everything we give our attention to is essential for fulfilling life. The first step in essentialism is to figure out what truly matters to you personally and professionally. This can involve saying no to many good opportunities in order to say yes to the few exceptional ones. The second step is then to eliminate the non-essentials. Once you've identified what truly matters, the next step is to eliminate everything else that draws away from your time and energy. Declutter your schedule, commitments, communications, and even your mind to create room for more meaningful engagement. And the third step, create a routine for what is essential. It's not enough to just identify and then eliminate non-essentials. We must create a systematic routine to make sure that the essentials are fully integrated. Whether it's carving out time to spend with family or setting aside focused time to do deep creative work, the goal is to make the practice of the essential 
a mandatory aspect of our schedule. The creator economy offers a lot of benefits and upside, but the downside is stress. We can learn a ton from Kristen Neff's three key points on self-compassion and figuring out our own essentialism, like Greg McCune shared with those three steps to deciding what's a priority in your life. But I also wanted to share nine quick things that you could do today in order to reduce that stress and feel a little more free as a creator. The first is getting clarity. Prioritize your tasks and projects based on what aligns most closely with your long-term goals and values. Build your pyramid base. Are you doing everything you can to optimize your relationships, nutrition, sleep, exercise, spirituality, mental, and physical health? Set boundaries. It's easy to feel like you have to be on all the time, so define clear work-life boundaries to give yourself time to recharge. Be compassionate towards yourself. Mistakes and setbacks are inevitable in any career. When they happen, treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding you'd offer to a friend or a child. Delegate, collaborate, and discard. Let go of personal perfection. Outsource tasks that are not your strong suit. Collaborate with others to not only share the workload, but also to bring fresh perspectives and ideas into your projects. Establish a routine with regular breaks. Dedicate specific blocks of time to activities like content creation, audience interaction, and even make sure that you schedule in your rest. Live in the moment. Get more and more in tune with the power of now. There is no suffering unless it stems from the past or the future. Let your thoughts float by like clouds without judging them. And finally, seek support. The journey of a creator can be lonely. Having a support system of fellow creators, mentors, and students can help you work with others more often or simply have a shoulder to lean on during challenging times. And a bonus one, things won't completely fall apart if we take a break. So if all else fails, these previous eight tips, the three from essentialism, the three from self-compassion, if none of that seems to be working, just take a break. Fully disconnect from this world, recharge, and I promise you'll be excited to get going again. All right, there you have it. Reducing stress as a content creator. I love answering questions that people are submitting. Tackling the topics that you actually want to hear about is way more fun, so keep them coming. Appreciate all of you. Until the next episode, all the best. And remember, just keep learning.